Welcome to Global Outreach Community Church, where we proclaim and demonstrate the love of God through Christ. Now, from the Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas, here is Pastor Anderson with today's message. Amen. This morning, we want to continue in our series on invitations from Christ. Last week, we looked at Matthew chapter 11, and I pray that you were not only blessed, but that you were challenged to yoke up with Christ. And last week, we looked at what it, mean, what it means to be yoked up with Christ, that literally a yoke is a farmer's instrument, a tool that is placed on a mature ox and a young ox. And that's the picture that Christ is saying to us that he wants us, Matthew chapter 11, that's not our text this morning, but Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, to yoke up with him. And last week, we had this idea that too many of us we come to worship weighted down. And some of you looked at me crazy all service because from the time we started to the end, I had on this backpack. And the backpack was more heavier than it is today, but I wore this backpack because I couldn't even worship. I was so weighted down that I couldn't even lift my hands. And many times we come to church with the heaviness of life on us, stress, problem with our children, with our adult children. They're not doing what we want them to do, what we ask them to do, or even what we expect them to do. So we come weighted down. And the issue with the backpack is sooner or later, it will cause back problems. Sooner or later, it would cause more pain than expected. And in Matthew chapter 11, he invites us to come, to bring all of our burdens and put it at his feet. And this morning, I just want to remind you as we get into Matthew chapter 4, that whatever you're dealing with, whatever heavy load that you are experiencing, take it off. Yoke up with him through discipleship and put it at his feet. And when you place it at his feet, allow it to stay there. That's why Peter says, casting continually all your cares on him because he cares for you. So that was last week. Today, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20 of chapter 4, Matthew, immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother in the boat. They were with Zebedee, their father. And they were mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat, their father, and followed him. 
I want y'all to see something real quick. Did you notice he never gave them details of what would happen in their future? He just said, come, King James, follow me. And today, God is saying to all of us, come. Chances are I won't give you all the details of your life, but just come. So in Mark chapter 1, you can write this down, verse 17, the King James Version says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come. Imitations from Christ. This morning, God is inviting you to come. Through Matthew chapter 4, and Mark chapter 1, verse 17, come. And I can almost imagine that God is saying, bring me a blank check. Don't fill it in. Just bring it to me blank. And place it before me and allow me to write in what I want to write in on this check. And this morning, I have to be honest with myself, the times I struggle is when I bring the check to God already filled out. God, this is what I want. This is how much I want. And matter of fact, I'm even going to put the date on it. This is when I want it. And God is saying, great, you told me what you want, but have you slowed down long enough to ask me what I want from you? And far too often in life, we move too fast, and we submit our marching orders, we submit our goals and our plans to God, and we never ask him, God, what's your plan for my life? And this morning, God is saying, come to me. And when he invites you to come, it's an invitation to discipleship, that we are to be a follower of Christ. We are to follow him in thought in word, in deed, and in our lifestyle. And we have to be uh, honest with ourselves. It is not always easy or comfortable following Christ. Because there are times when life just gets hard. But when you yoke up with him, according to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, what happens is God wants to transform you from the inside out. That I told Minister Sweeney this morning, God is more concerned about your character than he is about your wallet. He's more concerned about your character than he is about blessing you with all this stuff. But the problem with the church in the West is that we look at all this good stuff. We look at the lake. Who God is blessing. We have a comfortable place to worship. And God is saying, what if I took all this away, would you still come? What if you lost everything, would you still come? Would you still be faithful to me? Would you still love me? Would you still come and worship me if I decreased you instead of increasing? This morning, God may be decreasing you, but even in the decreasing, can you still be faithful to come? Can you still yoke up with him and be his disciple even when things look like they're going backwards? God is saying, come. I have the check. 
I have the blank sheet of paper, allow me to write down what I want to write down for your children, whether they're grown or whether they're teenagers. You understand at a certain point, I can't control my 27-year-old daughter. All I can do is pray for her. And if I pray for her, God will do what he needs to do in her life. But watch this. He'll remind me I am not in control. And the problem with us is that we are control freaks. Any other control freaks in here but me? I want to control everything. And at some point, God is saying, I know you big ball and shot caller, but you can't control this one, boss. I'm in control. That's discipleship. So in our text this morning, here's Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. He's walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, Andrew, and they were casting their nets. This is their family business. They're not rod and reel. It's just a net standing by the seashore and throwing it out, and they just catching catfish and drum and trout and redfish. They're not catching tilapia because y'all didn't know that's man-made, but they're catching all this other stuff. And here's Jesus. He walks by and he says, come, King James, or follow me. He says, come. I'm not telling you everything that will happen, but if you come, I promise you I will use you to glorify my name if you just come. So he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So when you're hearing this morning, there is so much just in verse 19. Here's the first thing I want you to see. He says to them, follow me. He chooses us. You don't choose him. And far too often we come to church, we think we choose God. God has already chosen you before you even hit this building. And that's what I love about God's election, that for some unknown reason, he elected me. He predestined me. He said, listen, I am going to use you despite your flaws, despite your inconsistencies, despite your doubts, despite you running out on me at times. I'm going to use you because I choose to choose you. Thank God that he has chosen to choose me even though I'm flawed and I'm jacked up and I'm messed up. I know we come to church and they say, oh, you're the righteousness of God. Man, we have to start being honest with each other. There are times that I'm so messed up I don't even know which way to turn. There are times I say stuff in my mind that I go back in the back and I say, did I really say that as a pastor? Can we just be real? Am I the only one? Hey, if you're looking for fluff, go down the street. I'm not the preacher with the fluff. I'm coming straight where you are. There are times I think things and I say things to myself that I have to go back and say, wow, did I really say that? And even in the midst of that, he says, come. He chooses people throughout the Bible. Moses got drunk. Come. Jacob was a trickster. Come. Peter had anger issues. Come. Moses, anger issues. Come. He chose Adam and Eve, and he knew they would be deceived. Come, thank God that through his sovereign grace, he elects us, and all we have to do is come. John 15 and 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and you are a raw part of the family. That's why every time I come to church, I can't help but to clap my hands. When I think about how I blew it last week, and he still says, come, and pastor, I'm going to clean you up, 
and I'm going to put you behind this podium, and I'm going to allow you to preach the word. All I need you to do is trust me when you can't trace me. Trust him. And there are times in our life that we can't even trace God. But he's saying, trust me. He's not worried about your effort. Look at who he chose. Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John. These guys were sinful. They were prideful. They had Jewish prejudice. They had misconceptions. They were narrow-minded. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 20, they got beside themselves. That James and John says, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, we want to sit on your right and we want to sit on your left. They didn't realize why he was coming. He was not coming to take the throne. He was coming ultimately to die for their sins. But they got so big-headed that their pride got in the way, and they wanted to sit on the right, which is the power, position of authority and power, and on the left. God said, I didn't come for that. I came to redeem man, and I will use you just as you are. So that's the first point this morning. God takes the initiative to choose us. So if you are down about some stuff in your life, he already chose you. He knew what you would go through. Everything that you're going through would never surprise him. It takes us by surprise. But what I love about him is that he knows the end of the thing before the beginning of a thing. And I think about Peter. What would have happened if God would have gave Peter all the details of his life? Do you not know that Peter died and he was crucified upside down? What if God would have told him in the beginning, now you're going to follow me, but at the end of your life, you're going to die a horrific death. You're going to be crucified upside down. I promise you, if I wasn't Peter, I wouldn't join the group. John, you're going to be boiled in oil. You're going to be placed on the island of Pathma on the end of your life. I promise you, I would not sign up for that. There are things that we sign up for because we are disciples of Christ. And you can't always trace him, but can you trust him? That's the first thing in the text. He says, follow me. He takes the initiative. Here's the second thing. When you follow him, you struggle with the call of God. That's not on the screen, Marcus. I'm saying, oh, there it is. Thank you. The call of God versus the call of the world. You're either going to follow the word or you're going to follow the world. And most people struggle with following the word versus following the world. When people tell me I can't hear from God, I say, well, you're probably not in the Bible. Because if you stay in the Bible, God will speak because his word is living. His word is active. And if you slow down, God will speak to you through his living, active, inspired word. But here's the issue. The call of the world. They were businessmen. Their father owned a boat. It's in the text. And when Jesus called, they followed him. So here's the question I have for you. Who is him? Let me tell you who him is. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The record of the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. He's the Savior. So when you follow him, you're following the Savior. Not only are you following the Savior in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, you are following the Messiah. He's the promised one. So I'm following the Savior. I'm following the Messiah. Then he's the son of David. He comes from the kingly line of David. Look at all that you're getting when you follow this man named Jesus. And then in the same verse, he's the son of Abraham. So not only 
Is he Jesus the Savior? Not only is he the promised one, not only is he the son of David, but he is the son of Abraham, who is the father of faith. Can you see what you're getting when you follow Jesus? But let me make it plain. He's the one that opened blinded eyes. He's the one that unstopped deaf ears. He is the one that turned the water into wine. He is the one that raised Lazarus from the tomb. He is the one that conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. So when you are following Jesus, you're following the Almighty. My favorite superhero was Superman. Why? Because he can leap buildings with one bound. You can shoot him with a bullet, it wouldn't phase him. Superman ain't got nothing on Jesus. That's who you're following this morning. You're following the one that can change your whole life with one word. Would you follow him this morning? So if you're here this morning stressing, quit it. If you're here this morning worrying about your children, stop it. If you're here this morning and you're worrying about your job, quit right now. Because if you're following him, he will bless you and open the doors at the right time. This just dropped in on my spirit. I'm, I'm meeting with uh, Marcus, Minister Holmes, and Brandon. We meet before service. We pray together. Sometimes 15 minutes, sometimes 20. This morning, five. I had this little bottle of uh, cologne, real small. And I'm trying to spray it. But I couldn't find it. I wanted to smell good for y'all this morning. <laughs> I'm looking for the bottle. I'm like, man, where's the bottle? Minister Holmes, he wouldn't even say nothing. He's just smiling. Brandon just smiling. And Brandon is talking about his life. And he's being very open about his struggles. When we get together, we don't pull no punches. We are very transparent because that's what men do. I don't have anything to hide because I don't care what you think about me. Just pray for me. That's men. Because once you leave, you think what you think. I'm still going to be me. And I think, Jackie, that's part of sports, right? Who cares? Put me on the film, coach, and call out my mistakes, and it is what it is. So we're talking. And Brandon's just confessing, man, I'm struggling with my faith, all this. And I'm looking for this little bottle of cologne. And finally, it is right in front of me the whole time. The problem was it had never moved, but because of all this other stuff, I moved. Come here this morning. When you're trying to figure out where God is, God is still right there. He is not the problem. Our perception is the problem. He has never moved. He will never move. He will always be the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Start focusing on God more than you focus on your problems. So is it the call of God versus the call of the world? Do you follow the word, not the world? Here's the third thing I see in the text. He called them to leave a life of comfort for a life of uncertainty. Here's what we like. Comfort. Don't take my comfort away. There's a video up there. As I travel throughout Latin America, I'm learning what it means to be uncomfortable. That I worship in places where it's raining outside. And I showed up in places where it was 13 degrees and 300 people outside waiting. And there is no building, no structure, just sticks. And they're waiting to worship. But here I am. I want comfort. I want it to be made well. 
And let me drop this in, and I'm almost done. If you signed up for comfort this morning, you made a big mistake. He didn't come to give you comfort. Many times, you will have uncertainty in your life. But even when I have uncertainty in my life, he promised that if I would follow him, he would make me fishers of men. Stop trying to chart your future. I know we've been taught to make goals. I'm setting goals right now. I'm doing all that. But at the end of the day, I realize I don't care what I write. I still got to come with a blank check. And when I set my goals, I have to leave room in the margin. You know why? Because God loves to work in the margins of our lives. So when you come and you're waiting for comfort, forget it. It's uncertainty that these men didn't know what would happen, but they trust Jesus. So this week, I'm meeting with a businessman for our guests. I work with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I meet with a man who is donating to our ministry. Now, I want you to listen to his comfort. He's wealthy. He's downsized from a 45-square-feet house to a 3,000. Now, he can afford more than that. So he said, man, Eric, I'm stressing. I said, what are you stressing over? Well, first of all, I just downsized to a 3,000-square-foot house. I'm, I'm sitting there like, huh? He said, secondly, I can hear my kids running up and down the stairs. They're yelling. They're just too loud. He said, not only did I downsize, but the house that we were currently living in, it's on the market. I got to sell that. So, Eric, I got one on the market. I got one that I'm renting, but I'm building a bigger one. And I'm not going to tell you how big this one is. So he has three moving parts. And then he just built a brand new building for his business. Stay with me. One house leaving. And another house that's bigger than my house. He's trying to sell this house. He just bought a brand new building for his business, and he's stressing. So I took my glasses off, and I leaned in. I said, is that right? And he caught it. He said, man, I'm so sorry. The reason I'm stressing is because this is first world problems. He said, Eric, I guarantee you when you're in Honduras, nobody stresses. He, he said, Eric, I guarantee you when they're in Salvador, they don't stress over this. I said, Michael, you said it, not me. Because sometimes if you let people preach to themselves, they'll figure it out. Some stuff we're stressing over that's not worth stressing over because we want comfort, but God didn't promise you that you would be comfortable. He promised that there are times that would be un in your life. But when there's uncertainty, can you trust him? Will you follow him? Will you trust that he has your best interest at heart, even then when you don't know which way to turn? And here's the last thing. The last thing is this. There are times when he will decrease you to increase you. Because I'm going to finish this next week. He'll decrease you to increase. What's the decrease? They left their businesses, they left their families to follow Jesus. This morning, some of you he's challenging to leave it all. Just follow me. Don't worry about where I'm going to lead you, just follow. I'm not a long-winded preacher, so if you wait for another 30 minutes, you're going to miss it. Can you literally, Avery, take out the checkbook and leave it blank? Here you go. And I'm God.
can you trust to give me that and allow me to write in what I want? Because one day I may write in pain. One day I may write suffering. One day I may write, I'm calling your child home. One day I may write, I'm taking big mama home. One day he may write, I'm calling mom and dad before you knew I would call them. One day he may write, I'm going to let you struggle with cancer. But I'm going to heal you. And you can't see the end. But he let you go through it, cousin. But look at you now. You got a testimony of God's greatness. Even when he didn't promise, life would be comfortable. So as I close, there's so much in there. I'm going to finish next week. This morning, can you take out a checkbook and give it to God? Say, God, write what you want. In any way you take me, I'll be satisfied. I'm not trying to embarrass you this morning. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. That there is uncertainty right now in your life. There's some stuff that you're struggling with. You know he's called you to follow him, but you're struggling. Can you stand with me this morning? I'm the first one standing. Members here know I raise money seven days a week for my job. Right now. <laughs> my wife just finding out about this. I got about $1,000 in my budget. I'm on a fundraising trail. But for 15 years, I've never missed a paycheck. He didn't promise me that I would be comfortable. There is uncertainty. But he hasn't failed me yet. He won't fail you. He's just saying, can you trust me? in uncertain times. So if you're dealing with some things this morning. Thank you for listening. Join us each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at The Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas. Visit us online at www.globaloutreachcc.org. Remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.